Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to church this morning, and we're so glad that you are here. And um, it's been God's plan ever since the beginning that you and me and our lives bear much fruit. And we're in this series called Fruitful because that's what we want to do. We want to see how, how, how can we bear fruit if God wants us to bear fruit. And I really believe that it's God's plan that you live a fulfilled life, a fruitful life. Can you say a good amen today? And God wants us to do that. Now, what does that mean to be fruitful? It means to be effective. You know, the word fruitful in the Greek actually means, the root word means to seize. Like, I'm going to seize the day. You know, so many people waste their lives. So many people are not fulfilled. They don't even know what they're living for. I just think it's a tragedy if all you're living for is the 8 to 5, 9 to 5, 8 to 8 to 9 to 9 to 9, whatever you're living for. If that's all you're living for, life must be so ritualistic and mundane. And that's why we have no joy, because our lives are not fruitful. We're just living to pay the bills not really living on purpose, but I want to tell you that there is a way when you start to live a fruitful life that your life can be effective, impactful, and you know the word actually means profitable, profitable. Actually, your life will outlast you. You're living for things that are based on eternity, not just natural things. You know, when you look at the Bible, Jesus, and today we're going to look at the Apostle Paul, who wrote some incredible things in the New Testament. But Jesus and the Apostle Paul, what they did was they used this analogy of fruit. They used the analogy of fruit to identify God's characteristics in our lives. Or let me just say it this way. Fruit can help us identify how God operates in our lives. And just as I look at an apple, and uh, if I were to look at an apple, and I, I can say this apple came from an apple tree. Come on, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that the apple came from the apple tree. And here's what's important. God wants us to know how he operates. God wants us to know his characteristics. Why, Pastor Phil? This is important. You know why it's important? Because I believe so many things are done in the name of God and Christianity that are not consistent with God's character. And so here's the thing. How do we know? We know it by its fruit. I know it's by its fruit. So how can we really tell if something's God? We can tell by its fruit. And that's why I believe that Jesus uses the fruit analogy because fruit is always the outward expression of the inward life. Fruit is always the outward expression of the inward life. Pastor Phil, I didn't know anybody would know anything about my inward life. We know it by the fruit. And here's the thing about fruit. Fruit's visible. Fruit's not only visible, you can taste it. The fruit never lies. And here's the great thing. God wants you to bear much fruit, godly fruit, good fruit. Let me say it this way. It is possible for your life to be fruitful because that's what God's will is for your life. Let's look at our theme scripture today in John chapter 15, verse 8. John chapter 15, verse 8. It says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear some fruit. Is that what it says? What does it say? That you bear what? Much fruit. Here my Father is glorified. The word there is magnified. Here's when God is honored. Isn't this awesome? He's honored when you bear much fruit. 
And then he says, so you will be my disciples. Now, the Bible is very distinct about believers. They are people who receive Jesus. They ask Jesus to come inside their heart, forgive them of their sins. They're believers. But so many stop right there. And they are just like, you know, they're on the escape plan. They can't wait just to go to heaven. They're stuck in their spiritual life. They're believers, but they're not disciples. Disciples are people who want to follow. They're the people who continue to learn. And here's the thing about disciples. Those of us that are disciples and say, God, I want to learn more. We are fruit conscious. See, disciples are fruit conscious because we know our lives can glorify and magnify God. The opposite is true. The opposite is true as well. How many of you know Christians that they're living their life and they're not honoring God? They're dishonoring God. And I'm going to tell you, it gives God a bad name. It gives God a bad name. I think about this in my life. I wonder how many people are going to heaven because of me, but I also wonder how many people are going to hell because of me because they look at my life and they don't see Jesus and so they don't know that he's real. See, we stand, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, you stand between the living and the dead. And people look at your life and do they see godly fruit that's magnifying God. And God's like, I want you to do it. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to set you up to bear much fruit because I want people to see how good I am. And so today, here's what I've entitled today, living from the inside out. Let me say that again. I have entitled today, Living from the Inside Out. Now watch this. Since God wants you to bear all this fruit, you're like, well, okay, Phil, that's great. It sounds great. I love it. Pumped. How do I do it? How do we bear fruit? Here's the great thing. God never leaves you alone or leaves you to your own strength to do what he has asked you to do. As a matter of fact, what God has done by his grace is when he wants an outcome in our lives, he first works in us so he can work through us. God is not going to work through you until he can work in you. You can't love somebody until you have God's love in you. If you have hate in you, you will hate and drink the haterade. Come on, somebody. Because what is in you always comes out of you, and that is called fruit. And so what God does is he invests in you internally. Why? So he can work out of you externally. He wants us to live inside out. So what God places in you, and this is, this is what he does. Are you ready? God places it in you because he desires it to come out of you. God has put love in you because he wants love to come out of you. He doesn't say love your neighbor, but I'm not going to give you the love to love your neighbor. No, internally he puts love in there if you'll receive it, if you'll abide, if you'll connect to the vine because he's the vine. So I connect to him and through that vine is flowing love. And so he does that in me as a branch so I can bear the fruit of love. So he always puts in me what he asks to come out of me. Pastor Phil, where does it say that in the Bible? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. I think this is going to be a, a great day for you. This is some things that I've been meditating on that actually in these last five years that have really helped me because people, and they think that Christianity is an outside-in life when it's actually an inside-out life. 
Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out. Some of you are like, man, that's great, Pastor Phil. I do CrossFit. That's not what he's talking about. Listen, he's saying this. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I want you to notice what it doesn't say here. It doesn't say work for your salvation. You could never earn salvation. Never. I know some of you think you're great. I, I get it. I, 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 get, I understand some of you have zero body fat and you think you're all that. But even with that, you can't be saved. I know the worst thing you've ever did was drink milk out of the carton. You still can't be saved. Because at the end of the day, we were all born with sin. And we're all, we're sinners. And God, what he does, we can only be saved by grace. Now watch this. So what does he do? He gives us his grace. We receive it internally, right? We receive it internally before we can live it out externally. Now, this is important. Why is this important? Because religion tells you the opposite. Religion tells you it's external before it's internal. They say that you have to get your life right externally before you can be right internally. It's all about your deeds. Deeds are all external. But what religion fails to tell us is that our deeds would never be good enough. Never, your external will never be good enough. So here's what God does, is he works internally to work out externally. Does that make sense to everybody this morning, right? And so I want you to notice, he doesn't say we're not working for our salvation. Here's what he wants us to do. He wants us to work out, listen, what he's put in. Let me say that again. He wants us to work out what he has put in. What does that mean, Pastor Phil? Let me give you an example. Some people say, oh, Christian people, Pastor Phil, I just don't have faith. Guess what? You have faith. But here's what they do. They are trying to attain something they already have. The Bible says that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he imparts to every person a measure of faith. Say this with me. Say, I have faith. Come on, it doesn't mean that you don't doubt sometimes. It doesn't mean that your mind goes cray-cray every once in a while. Come on, can I get a witness? But regardless of all that, you have faith. Come on, say it loud. Say, I have faith. I have faith. So listen, we are not trying to find faith. It is already in us. So here's what working out our salvation. I need to find out how to work out the faith that God put in me. He put it in me. I need to figure out how to use it. Because if you can find out how to use faith, you could move mountains, the Bible says. The Bible says you could move mountains. And not only that, that you could speak to the mountain, not use fairy tale dust and stuff, but you could actually speak to problems like Jesus spoke to the storm. And when you speak to the problems, those mountains have to be moved. But listen, the Bible doesn't say that it's... Actually, you know what the Bible, this is what the Bible says. Because This is what I was going to say. The Bible doesn't say you have to have five liters of faith. It says you have to have a mustard seed. That's the smallest seed. So in other words, when God gives you a measure of faith, if you'll just use the faith that you have and work it out, you could see things move in your life. 
Now, when people ask me, they ask me this all the time. So what's the difference between like your church and another church? I say, we're working it out. What do you mean by that? Well, very simple. I've gone to churches. I've been in church my whole life. And many churches are trying to preach to people things that they should attain, but in actuality, they already have. And so I've been in church that, oh, listen, you're never going to be righteous. You know, just, hey, yeah, but you forgot to add, I'll never be righteous in my own strength. But I can be righteous when God gives me his righteousness. And then when he gives me his righteousness, I can work out and walk righteous because he did something in me. So now it can work out in me. But see, so many people, what they're trying to do is trying to figure out how to be righteous. And it's like a dog chasing its tail. You never, you just never get it. And so the preacher gets up there every week, beats people up over the head. And I think that that's even sometimes in our culture, we're like, man, it wasn't a good service. Nobody beat me over the head today. I'm not about here to beat you over the head. You know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's not his bat and beating people over the head that brings people to repentance. I need, to, you know, I need the preacher to tell me what I already know. Pfft, then why do I need to tell you that? You already know. The Holy Spirit's been working in you all week. He's been showing you, don't do this, do that. Come on, God loves you. I ain't going to do that. But I got to come to church because I want the pastor to tell me that too. You know, and after I'm in the church of four years, I'll change. You ain't going to change. I ain't going to change you. But the Holy Spirit will when he's inside of you. And so it's internal before it's external. Always, even after salvation. When God wants to use you mightily, he'll do an inner work before he does an outer work. Because he always puts in you what you need to come out of you. Come on, that's a good word this morning. Let me give you another example. And this is huge. Some people in Christianity are fighting for victory. Well, I'm just fighting for victory. Well, here's the big surprise. Jesus already won the victory. What, what are you, how are you going to fight? How are you going to fight for victory? Mario Brothers? How are you fighting for victory? Can I just tell you? See, here's the thing. You are trying to externally fight for something God has already placed inside of you. The Bible says that Jesus already won the victory. You are victorious. Watch this. So it changes your stance and what you're fighting for. I'm not fighting for victory. Watch. I'm fighting from victory. I'm already victorious. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take on the enemy who's already defeated. And so I'm going to take him on. Why? Because the victory is already inside of me. My church family, you do not have a mini me Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, who is victorious and overcoming inside of you. I just can't. I don't know. I can't overcome because you don't believe that the overcoming spirit, his Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. That's a word. Because there are people that are looking for victory. And I just feel defeated. Well, you feel defe defeated because you don't know the truth. And the enemy tries to keep you and, and, and keeps telling you lies that you're not good enough. Can I just tell you, you're already accepted in the beloved. When Jesus came inside your heart, there's love. There's victory. Am I making sense this morning? Here's the thing. You just got to know who you are. You got to know what you have. How many of you have seen that movie Black Panther? Have you seen Black Panther? It's a good movie. 
And I love that part when Prince Atala, he's fighting, right? He's fighting for, he, he's fighting to contend, right, for his crown. And man, he's getting smacked in the face and everything. And his mom looks at him and says, tell him who you are. That's all she says. And he looks and he looks back. He goes, I am Prince T'Challa. I don't know what he says. Son of King T'Challa. And something he bows up and Boom, right? What happens? He just recognized who he was. And see, the difference is, is that when you know who you are, you'll know what you can do. But when we're just chasing after things we already have, we waste our life. Do you know you have authority in Jesus' name? You have authority over sickness in Jesus' name. You know, many Christians are seeking things, trying to attain things that they already have. I'm sorry I'm using a lot of movies this, this morning, but I just, I love movies. How many of you have seen Dumb and Dumber? Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> I have a whole series. It's called Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Dude, maybe I'll preach. It's all about sin. The dumb choices people make. I won't teach that here. You guys are too wise for that. Do you remember they have a suitcase? They're walking around, and here's the reality. They think they're broke. They think they're broke. And they have this, right? The Swansonite, or what is it, Samsonite? And they have this suitcase with millions of dollars inside. But their mentality is, I'm broke. Until they start fighting over their gloves. And remember Harry, or one of them, throws the suitcase. It opens, and it's like this hallelujah moment. There's tons of cash and they had it all along, but until they realized it, then they started to use the money that they had. And see, today is about you realizing what God has put in you so you can work it out. But the devil has so many people walking around thinking they're broke and yet you have the almighty God who is inside of you. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause. This morning. And here's what happens. When you receive Jesus, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers. Everybody say that's inward. Come on, say it. That's inward. So here's what he says. Look, you may be partakers. The Greek word there is a sharer of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Anybody ever experienced the corruption that is in the world? But notice this, you are a divine partaker of the nature of God is inside of you. See, we forget these things because we look externally all the time at the world. All oh, the world's going to a hell in a handbag. <laughs> well, thank God you're not of the world. That's why we need the Christians to bear good fruit so people can glorify God and they can see that there is hope, there is faith, there is a new life. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you today, you are a partaker of God's divine nature. He shares that with you. It's internally. When you realize that I'm a partaker, watch this, you can overcome the corruption of the world because you're in it, but you're not of it. Pastor Phil, what does this have to do with being fruitful? Everything. 
everything because God has given his spirit to you that produces the fruit that God wants you to produce. So watch this. So he talks about these fruits that we're going to start to go through the next couple of weeks. Today, we're just going to look at one and then we're going to take communion. But here's the thing. When he tells you he wants you to bear much fruit externally, he put his Holy Spirit internally in you that will produce the fruit externally that he wants to see. Just giving you a headache. We have Tylenol bottles at the usher stations. You can pick some up after this if this is too deep. So God puts in you what he wants to see come out of you. So it helps us to see God different. God isn't demanding something that you don't have. You are blessed to be a blessing. God never asks you to give what you don't have. He asks you to give out of the blessing that you have. When you don't give out of the blessing that you have, you block other blessings. Some of us are blocked blessing wise because God has blessed us, but we don't give. So we don't give. There's no more blessings in that. Let me say it this way. You are loved by God, but if you don't love other people, there's a block there. That's why the Bible talks about our love, his love being completed. Love is being completed when you love other people. Because it's one thing to love God and have him love you. But here's the reality. When you love other people, you experience the whole realm of love. See, some people in this room today, you love being blessed. But the Bible actually says it's better to give then it's actually more blessed to give than receive. So some of us are still on the other end where, bless me, Lord, bless me, bless me, Lord, bless, 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 me, 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 me. Man, that's awesome because if he doesn't bless you, then you can't bless others. But here's the cool thing. Once he blesses you, he's blessing you because he's saying that it's more blessed to give. So he's blessed you so you can give so you can be more blessed. Yeah, I know. It's not my idea. It's, it's all his. And I, what I want to do today is try to unlock, because some of you don't think that you're blessed, but you're actually blessed. But here's the reality. You have a mindset that you're not making it, you can't make it, you can't give, and yet you have a suitcase with a million dollars in your hand. You are so blessed by God. But until you realize who you are and the God that's given you what he's given you, you're going to stay stuck. But you have it. You have what you need. And this is a good word. I wish somebody would have told me this years ago. You know why? I, I would have wasted less time trying to attain something that God has already given me. So watch this. This has everything to do with being fruitful because the Bible calls them the fruit of the spirit. The spirit is in you. Is in you. Is in you. So you have the seed of the Holy Spirit. And here's what he's going to do. He is going to produce things. He's going to produce things. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. You can turn over if you have your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. It says this, the Apostle Paul's writing. And again, watch this. He's writing this because fruit is going to help us identify how God works. You, when you read these, you're going to see this is actually how God patterns himself. Are you ready? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Some of you know this by memory. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. <gasps> faithfulness? 
Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So when I'm faithful, it's a fruit of the Spirit. When I'm not faithful, I'll move on. Anyway, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. Wow. So watch this. Um, What you have, notice in these, this is how God operates. But the Bible talks about you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. But you also live in a body, which the Bible calls your flesh. Do you know your flesh has some goals as well? Your flesh has some objectives as well. And I would say 99% of the time, your flesh does not want to glorify God. Your flesh wants to glorify itself and sometimes even the devil. So here's what he's going to do. He's going to start to outline to us what is the work of the flesh. Look at verse 16, Galatians 5. This I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh against the, the, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Everybody say that with me. Say contrary. These are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. Hmm, very interesting. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit. Now, where is the Spirit? It's inside of you. It's inside. He's there. If you are led by the inter, the Spirit, Ye are under no law. What law is he talking about? Well, he could be talking about the Mosaic law, but listen, he can also be talking about the law of sin and death. If you follow your flesh, there is a fruit that follows that, and many times it's death. Not always physical death, although there are some sins that can lead to that, but it can be death to relationships. It can be a death to a lot of things in our lives. Now, watch this. He says, verse 19, now he's going to describe what these fleshly, now notice he calls them works. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifested. Before I read this, I want to show you something. The word flesh, the word flesh doesn't always mean this in the Bible. The word flesh actually means making decisions according to self apart from your faith. Let me say that again. It's making decisions according to self apart from your faith and human empowerment. Human empowerment. So, listen, I've told you, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box but I'm not the dullest one either. My mom didn't raise no fool. The Bible is telling me that if I live by my human empowerment, these are the things that can happen in my life. But if I live by the spirit, there can be fruitful. So there becomes a question, am I gonna live by human empowerment or Holy Spirit empowerment? It's an easy choice for me now. Because for some of these I've already experienced that Phil tried to do by himself. And notice it's a work. It's a self-effort. So if you're going to live your life without following the Spirit because you know it all, you got it all under control, I got this, if it's got to be, it's going to be me, you have that attitude, here are the works that this will produce. Are you ready? These are always very fun to read in church and very awkward. 
Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They're seen. They're seen. Right? The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Let me stop. Why fruit? Fruit shows us how God operates. Right? And here it says hatred. I've had people talk to me and they said, well, this person and the hate and this and that, I wonder why God allows that to happen. Can I tell you why he allows it to happen? Because he put us in a flesh and that is not a work of God. That is a work of people's flesh. So let's not confuse the two. He says adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Pastor Phil, idolatry. I don't hang up any uh, idols in my, my, my home. No, but your idol can be that you worship yourself. Moving right along. Witchcraft, hatred. I'm going to go there today. I, I really am because we need to hear this stuff. Because for some people, they're God in their own mind. They make God in their own image. And I just, I don't understand. And then you look at their lives and their, their marriages are being destroyed and things aren't. And you're like, dude, come on, acknowledge who he is. He wants your life to be fruitful. He wants to help you. Look at this. It says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, uh, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you, I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, they that do should not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we know a lot about the kingdom of God. It's vast. But can I just tell you, the Bible talks about the kingdom of God is joy and peace. This isn't just talking about people not going to heaven. This is talking about even Christians who have the kingdom of God inside of them, but yet are not experiencing the kingdom of God, the joy, peace, love, because they are living by their flesh. And this is where people get confused. They go, well, Pastor Phil, I don't know why God just doesn't do this because he gave you a decision to either walk by your spirit or walk by your flesh. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you today. I get fleshly sometimes. Yeah, I know some of you are shocked because you had me on a pedestal up there. But you know what? We all have the tendency to get really fleshly and there's nothing worse than fleshly Christians. Can I be honest? At work, when they're talking, the F this, and they are who they are. Nobody has a problem with it. But when you say you go to church and you do something like that, oh, my goodness. People are like, I thought you went to church, you hypocrite. Right? Because we expect that from the world. But see, when I act fleshly, I'm not honoring God. When I'm bearing much fruit, I'm honoring him. And the Bible says... I cannot experience the kingdom of God. And you know what? I want to experience the kingdom of God. So here's what we learn. Being fruitful can come down to a choice. Are you going, and how are you willing to walk? Are you going to walk by God's spirit that's inside of you, working it out? Or are you going to walk by your flesh? Are you going to walk by your flesh? Sometimes the flesh can actually even be considered the old you. 
See, the Bible says when we become Christians, man, we're, we're a, a new creation in Christ Jesus. But guess what? Your mind didn't get renewed. Your body didn't necessarily get renewed, right? It was your spirit. But how many of you know your old flesh sometimes wants to get back up out of that grave? And I have to tell, hey, that old Phil, you are dead. I am alive in Christ. But I'm going to tell you, there's times where things are happening. And guess what? Old Phil tries to come right back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The flesh starts to rise up, right? But let me just say this. The flesh is always tied to the external stuff that's going on. The, in, the Holy Spirit is always in, tied to internal God things. Your flesh is always about what's going on. It's about circumstances. It's about feeling all of these things, right? But the work of your self-effort, a life that is empowered by you, is not going to give you the fruit that God wants you to have. Can I hear a good amen today? But when I'm walking by the spirit, what does that mean? I'm just connected to the vine. Remember we said, Jesus said, he's the vine. You're not the vine. Jesus is the source. When you're connected, the source will resource you. The source is the vine and the vine resources the branches. So here's all I have to do is stay connected. We said, he said, abide. What does abide mean? Rest and trust in him. I know things are going cray cray. I know the world, but I know, but we're going to abide in the vine because he is going to resource me. He's my source of peace in a troubled world. He's my financial provision when things are lacking. I'm going to rest and trust in him. And can I be honest with you? The devil's going to do everything he can to get you out of that connection with God because he knows that's where the source of your life is, the source of your power is. Come on, somebody, this morning. You know, I think it's interesting is that even as Christians, sometimes we give the the devil too much credit. A lot of the things in our life are not the devil. It's your flesh. Let me try this time. Well, the devil made me do it. The devil don't make you do nothing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the devil is before God accusing us. That's where he's at, right? Now, there's a lot of demons. But some of you, let's just, let's just be honest. Can we be honest today? The devil doesn't have to do anything. Come on, a woman walks in front of you and you already lost it. You don't need the devil. Right? It's not the devil. It's her guest genes that are making your flesh rise up. Come on, somebody. And in today's world, I don't know what's going on, but butt cheeks are everywhere. I, 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 the other day, I, I tried. I just really, I, I don't want to live like a hermit. But the other day, I looked, and these volleyball girls, we were just eating yogurt with my son. We were just eating yogurt at Yogurtland, the second happiest place on earth. And these volleyball players come in, right? And I just, I, you know, I'm always aware, I, and I pray God to help me. I'm always aware of my surroundings. I, I'm really detailed. I notice everything. I notice that sir back there, he's sleeping. I notice every, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Nobody's sleeping. No, they don't sleep. I'm, I'm totally joking. That was, that was really a joke. We're at yogurt land, and I just look, and here come these volleyball players. And one of them, they're short, I mean, literally almost up to that line. You know where the line is? And one of the shorts was flipped up. I saw a cheek, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, like, you don't want to do the second look because you don't. But I'm like, is that really a cheek at Yogurtland? Ladies and gentlemen, my point is this. We don't even need the devil. And I 
had to tell my son, come on, let's look at these fruits over here on, on the wall. <laughs> we don't even need the devil. She's getting all yogurt. And stuff. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But my, my flesh, whoo-hoo. It's in high alert, and the devil will work on your flesh. I'm just saying, the devil's defeated. And here's what we need to know, is that it's not him. A lot of the times, it's just our flesh. It's just, this is a good word this morning. And so today, in these last five minutes that we have together, what is the fruit of the Spirit? And I want to go through these. And I'm just going to go through this last one today, and then we're going to take some communion. Have you learned something today? I hope so, because I'm sweating. <laughs> You're making me work hard this morning. Am I getting darker as well? I don't know. Like every Sunday, I feel like I'm getting tanned, and, and uh, I don't, I'm not even going to go outside this summer. I mean, like I already look like I've been to like Brazil or something. All right, that's cool. That's all right. I love it. Right? The spice is nice. And so... Uh, <laughs> that's all right. Some of you need to laugh. Like, did he say the devil in church? Yes. He say a butt cheek in church? Yeah, yes. We all have them. <laughs> we got to snort. Yeah. We got to snort. All right. So what is the fruit? Of, are you happy? Are you all right? Okay. Yeah. So here's the fruit of the spirit. And I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on this one today as we close. The fruit of the spirit What's already inside of you, because the Holy Spirit wants to produce this in your life. The first fruit of the Spirit, Paul says, is this, is love. You know, when I was reading that this week, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me and said, Phil, look at the order of the fruit of the Spirit. Look what the first one is. The first one is not self-control which is important, the first one is love. Why? That is the core motivation of how God operates in everything else. And I thought, Paul, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he's inspired and he's writing, and the first fruit of the Spirit that he puts is love. Now listen, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, but I just thought what's interesting is growing up in church, before they would love you, they would ask you to control yourself. Before, listen, they loved you, they asked you to behave yourself. In other words, we're, our love is conditional on how you act. But it's interesting that to me, Paul, Paul didn't put that first. Here's what he said, and us as the church need to hear it. Love people first. Love people first. I always say at our church, you can belong before you believe. You, you don't have to believe like me for me to love you. And see, that's what turns people off about, listen, the fruit of the spirit is love. It's internal coming out to people. But see, religion says this. Religion says you better control yourself, change your behavior, then God will love you. 
And Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's like we want people to change their behavior before we love them. But how about this? Paul is saying if you love people, then their behavior will change. See, God loves you unconditionally, but here's what he does. When you experience that love, it totally changes you because there's a love like no other. Nobody can love you like him. And when you experience that, it changes your outlook. But listen, even though you don't want to change or whatever, you can say, I'm not going to let God love me. Here's the crazy thing. He still loves you. He never gives up on you. Love is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. And check it out. God loved you before you even loved him or cared about him. He loved you and he loves you today. And there's nothing you can do. Listen, there's nothing you could do for God to love you more. People think, well, I got to go on a missionary trip to Africa and listen, God will love me more. No, he won't. He loves you just the way you are, unconditionally. That's how he loves you. And there's nothing you can do, ever do, for him not to love you. Somebody said this, love is the trunk of the tree that all the other fruit of the branches come out from. Love is the trunk of the tree that all the other fruit branches come out from. Now this love, there's many definitions for love and how it's applied, right? For us, I think, I hope we understand that love can be applied different ways. You know, we say, oh, you know, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love hot dogs. I love my truck. Well, I hope that there's a different application between the way you love your wife and your truck. Right? And so there's applications. Now, this here is agape. The Greek word, is, everybody say that with me, say agape. The agape, this is the God kind of love. Now watch this. This is the God kind of love. Let me describe it to you. The agape love, number one, it's a benevolent love. It's a goodwill type of love. It's a goodwill. I mean, it's the highest form of love. Goodwill. It means charitable love. Isn't it interesting that one of the works of the flesh is hate? Do you know what the definition of hate is? Ill will. Love is goodwill. Hate is ill will. Now, here's what we need to understand. Goodwill is, comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're going to be waiting on warm fuzzies to love people, and I say this because I think sometimes we set standards higher than God wants for our lives. That I, I love people and I just have a benevolent spirit about me, but there's a lot of times I don't feel warm fuzzies. There are some of you today, the offering back, the offering container passed by, right? And you gave, you didn't have to feel warm fuzzies. You know why? Because you're benevolent. You have goodwill. That just comes from the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a good amen today? And then this is a love. Now listen, this is a love. Number two, it's by choice, not by chance. God, God doesn't need you. He wants you. That blew my mind. God doesn't need us. He wants us. He chooses to love us. And sometimes that's hard, especially for some of us like, man, I can't even love myself. But he loves you. You know, that's what helped me to love myself is to realize that God loved me. Despite the love that I had for myself, because there's sometimes I hated myself. But you know what? His love changed my own perspective, not only about him, but about me. It's a choice. And I'm going to be honest with you. As a Christian, you're not going to feel the warm fuzzies all the time. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. Number three, it's an unconditional and sacrificial love. It's a love that God has for the world. Listen, my church family, he didn't go through this brutal death, Jesus on the cross, just for his friends. 
He died a brutal death for his enemies. The very Roman soldiers that were nailing him to the cross, he was dying for. The very people that were yelling, right, blasphemer, he died for. He died for Barnabas, the one that got free. He died for him too. This is the love. Now, my church family, you can't love like this on your own. You can't work hard enough. You can't hug long enough for this love. It only comes by his spirit. It comes from his spirit. What does it look like in real life? It's a love that's giving when it feels like quitting. It's a love that's blessing when it feels like cursing. Have you ever felt like cursing? Peter did in the Bible. It's a love that's helping when you feel like running. It's a love that actuality you can love your enemies. That is not natural. It's supernatural love. And if you're here today and if you're lacking in love, it's a sign you need to develop and grow in your walk with God. That doesn't mean I, I, I hang out with everybody. Doesn't mean that I have people over for dinner at my house all the time. No, but what it does mean is that I choose to love them. I want goodwill for their lives, even people that I'm not close to. I don't have ill will for their lives. And when you're walking in this, listen, when you're walking in the fruit of the spirit love, you're not gonna commit adultery. You're not gonna commit fornication. Why? Because the love of God is working in you. First John four nineteen. are you still there this morning? We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet, look at this word, hates his brother or sister is the liar. Now watch, how do we know them? By their fruit, by their fruit. I don't care if it's a Christian or says he's a Christian. If he's talking hate or acting hateful, we're gonna know them how? By their fruit, because the Bible says this, whoever claims to love God and hates his brother or sister is a liar. Liar, liar, pumpkin eater. Is that how it says? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. He's a liar, right? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to help us today, that we don't get confused. Well, Pastor Philly, he's a Christian, and all Christians hate. No. How do you even know this fruit doesn't line up with the tree that's coming from the Holy Spirit? The first fruit is love, not hate. For whoever does not love their brother and system, sister who they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love his brother and Sister, only if they're my color of skin, Pastor Phil. No. Only if they're as tall as I am. No. Only if they're blonde like me. No. Only if they have freckles like me. Only if they like me. Only if they get along with me. No. This is every single person. I'm going to admit to you something before we close. I could be a hater if I wanted to. The only difference that keeps me from being a hater is the love of God. Because let's be honest, we all have little biases with different things. And it's only the love of God that keeps us loving people and not hating. Can I ever hear a good amen today? Listen, you can tell how your relationship with God is doing based on how you love and treat the people 
around you. Yeah. And guess what? Here's the great news as we close today. You can love like Jesus loves. I'm going to say that again. You can bear the fruit of love. The spirit is in you. So it can bear fruit externally. But here's where we close. You know why some people are limited in their love? Because they have allowed external things to limit their inter-love. They have allowed one person that has come into their life, listen, who did not represent God well, hurt them, and now you're lacking in love because you allowed external circumstances to get internal. But the reality of it is, is the Holy Spirit's love is internal and it goes in external. We need to stop looking at external things to define our love and we need to look internally and allow God to define our love and it'll affect the external. Can I hear a good amen today? Remember, he's the vine and you're the branches. People who live their lives from the outside in allow the external circumstances to determine their love. And then you'll have the wrong, you'll have the wrong perspective and your love will always be limited. And in reality, you're always going to walk in the flesh. But the agape love is inside of you. Let me say that again. The agape love is inside of you. It flows internally from the vine to the branch. God is the source of love. Come on, he's the vine. And just receive his love. Listen, when you receive the love from the branch, from the vine, guess what? Fruit starts to happen. Fruit starts to happen. So if you would just rest in the Lord this week and just focus on receiving his love, that's what the branch does. It just receives from the vine, receive from the vine. I need to be loved by God. See, a lot of the issues with you loving people is because you don't love yourself. Come on, somebody, let's go there today. The reason you have with other people is because some of them remind you of you. Let's go there today, right? And the problem you have is that you are not receiving from the Holy Spirit what you need to supply your needs so you're finding fault with other people. Come on, let's go there. And the problem that we have is not other people. The problem is that we get disconnected from the vine who's trying to source us with the love. And when you are loved, you can love other people. And here's what will happen. Number one, when that starts to flow through you, you'll love God more. Number two, you'll have a healthy self-love. See, some of us can't love other people because we don't love ourselves. And you can't love yourself unless you know how much God loves you. You cannot love others. The Bible says, love your neighbor as your, if I don't love me, I cannot love you. And here's what happens. Number three, it starts to spill over into other people. The love I have for you is only the love that's been internally given to me and you are experiencing it externally. And guess what'll happen? You'll be fruitful. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.